T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, good morning, America. This is Gun Owners News Hour. Excuse me. And I need to have taken a Claritin before this. Um, Excuse me. A large group of unsuspecting people was waiting at a bus stop in Brownsville, Texas, when a Land Rover suddenly blew through a red light and barreled straight in, right into the middle of them at a very high rate of speed. And this was outside of the Osman Center, which provides care for the city's burgeoning migrant community. Eighteen people were hit, six were killed, two died later. Police said the driver, 34-year-old George Alvarez, has an extensive criminal record. They described him as uncooperative, adding that he tried to flee the scene and gave investigators several fake names. Facing eight counts of manslaughter and ten counts of aggravated assault with a weapon. With more charges likely to come. This story is already disappearing from the legacy media and websites. No protests, no marches or calls to ban Range Rovers or other SUVs. Nobody's filed suit against Land Rover or organized a boycott. No one from the White House went blood dancing at the scene. The 24-7 coverage that normally follows a mass killing involving a firearm never materialized because as horrific as it was, the Brownsville killings did not fit the legacy media's mass murder narrative for several reasons. There are actually, there's actually a list of criteria that they have to meet in order for them to descend and do this. First of all, race. Black lives do not matter to the legacy media, at least not as much. White victims always receive more media coverage than a killing spree where the victims are people of color. The race of the murderer matters, too. A white shooter will always generate more coverage than a black, Asian, or Hispanic shooter. Downplaying or ignoring killings in a minority community is racist, but this is the type of racism the media allows. No one gets canceled for what they don't cover. And this allows the killings to continue unabated since without the media pressure... Elected officials know they can simply ignore the problem and hope it somehow goes away. One big criteria is the weapon. 
If an AR or AK is used, well, then the legacy media is a pre-written story ready to go to add to any of their coverage. These stories usually involve interviews with biased experts as well as anti-gun advocates. They want you to believe that assault weapons are responsible for most firearm murders, even though the data proves otherwise. More people actually die from falling out of trees per year than are shot with any kind of rifle. According to the FBI's UCR crime reports, there were 10,258 firearm homicides in 2019. Only 364 involved rifles. More people drowned, as an example. The FBI neither defines nor maintains a specific data set for assault rifles because they do not look at it in those terms. The majority of the firearm homicides, uh, 6,368, involved handguns. Knives or other cutting instruments were responsible for 1,476 homicides that year. Motive matters. They love to speculate about the the motive, as if someone who walks into a classroom or a shopping mall and starts shooting innocent people has a legitimate reason for their killing. Their actual motive is very simple to figure out. They're crazy. They're deranged. They're extremely mentally ill. It doesn't matter if mommy and daddy didn't give them enough love and attention or if they were just bullied as a child. There ever there there never is going to be any justification for just going out and shooting innocent people. Nothing in their background can excuse that particular horrific act. But this doesn't stop the media from endlessly speculating about the real reason behind the killing spree. Politics. Well, you know. Today's journalists may not be able to articulate the difference between a shotgun and a rifle. But they all have a very firm grasp of politics, especially leftist politics. They would never violate the left's unwritten rule, which is guns are bad. They would never stray outside the accepted political narrative, much much less write a story that a shooting was justified. There are thousands of justifiable defensive gun usage every year. Millions, in fact. How many have you ever seen covered at the legacy media? Then there's gender. When a mass murderer is male, the media usually tries and convicts them in the court of public opinion. That's almost justifiable most of the time. Nowadays, when a shooter is female or their gender identity is unclear, the coverage is much less accusational. Sometimes it's even sympathetic. After Audrey Hale killed six people in Nashville's Covenant School and her gender identity became known, they pointed to an already combustible political environment in which transgender people have become a frequent target of right-wing lawmakers and pundits. I'm sure that excuses her killing three nine-year-olds, aren't you? Definition, you know, a rampage killing of the type that I count to be a rampage killing is where somebody goes in, they have no... This is not a, uh, there's no drugs involved. There's mental health issues involved. There's a lot of other things involved with the shooter, but uh, it's it's not crime. This is not crime. This is, this is something else. This is, uh, this is a statement of a sort. Now, CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC, they all rely on the gun violence archive where everything is a mass shooting. Everything is a mass shooting. When most Americans hear the term, they picture a madman stalking the halls of a school or a shopping mall, murdering innocent victims. What does not come to mind is and they, and they include the drug gangs and the drug crews getting get into the gunfights. 
proof that if you don't believe the legacy media's coverage of mass murder is flawed and extremely biased, just look at the never-ending carnage in Chicago or uh, any other large metro historically controlled by Democrats. In Chicago this year, 852 people have been shot and 172 have been killed, and it's only May. Just last year, 60 Chicagoans were shot and six died as a result, and that's more than the equivalent of one mass shooting every week. But where is the news coverage? Where is the White House spokeswoman? Why isn't she denouncing those killings? Where are the interviews with Giffords or Brady or the moms? Why aren't they claiming the guns locked up in our safes are somehow responsible for the Chicago deaths? Where are the so-called gun experts of the ATF? Why aren't they blaming the killings on bump stocks and pistol braces and aftermarket triggers or some other innocuous plastic accessory in common use? Where are the elected officials? Why aren't they leading demonstrations and protests or marches to bring awareness to the killings? The bottom line is that today's legacy media are nothing but hypocrites. If a mass murderer fits their narrative, they will cover it ad nauseum for weeks or even months. If it doesn't meet their specific criteria, they may mention it occurred, maybe, but only if no one is likely to become offended. That. That is one. This is one of these parts of the problem that sort of flies under the radar where we don't look at the media's role. We're too busy reading what they're saying versus reading what they're saying, if you, if you understand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that they are complicit in a lot of things. But they're picking and choosing. And it's all based upon a political uh, you know, narrative, a political agenda, if you will. And they're, uh, hmm. well, <laughs> I don't know. I just find this sort of offensive that this gets foisted upon me and you on a daily basis. Whenever one of these things happens, and in the meantime, where this happens daily, where it happens every hour, they're nowhere to be found. They're, and it's because of a political narrative. It's also because they would have to go into a highly, you know, all of these are Democrat-controlled areas, and they're very dangerous. Probably due in, uh, in a lot of cases to self-preservation. Just my thought on it. I just find the whole thing very offensive. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Gun Owners News Hour. The Covenant School in Nashville was the site of a horrific atrocity. Uh, and, and this is not something to debate. Anybody that tries to claim it wasn't is too delusional for you to take any time trying to debate them about it. Everybody might have a different take on what happened, but we know and agree that it did. Now, we also know that the killer wrote a manifesto outlining what they planned and why. And the public has been wanting to see this because of the very complicated details of the life of Audrey Hale. We want to see inside the mind of a mass killer and see if we can figure out what makes people do these kinds of things. Now, surprisingly, the target... The school is trying to block the release. Over the weekend, Covenant Presbyterian Church and Associated Covenant School filed a motion to block the public release of the manifesto of the transgender shooter who attacked the school, court documents revealed. Now, the mere fact that they are calling Audrey Hale a transgender should be enough. But they have adopted the vernacular, the stolen language, if you will, that the left puts on this stuff. Audrey Hale was a must. She was a made-up sexual status. Women cannot become men. Men cannot become women. That's a simple fact. A very simple fact, in fact. Uh, the Monday court feelings revealed that the Covenant Church requested that the court prevent the documents from being released to the public, citing privacy concerns. For whom? And this was filed against the Tennessee Firearms Association, another filed against the Nashville Police Association, stating the manifesto may include and or relate to information owned by Covenant Church, such as schematics of church facilities and confidential information regarding employees. They claim the manifesto's release could impair or impede its ability to protect its interest and the privacy of its employees. Well, I hate to tell you this, but as far as you protecting anything, you failed miserably. I don't know exactly what it is that you think you're going to protect. Uh, the, the very simple fact of the matter is this. Um, rampage killers... If we can find out why they did what they did and find out how they did what they did, that is always a boon to prevention. And if Audrey Hale was able to get these schematics and confidential information, it must not have been that confidential. And what kind, I mean, you know, 
when we're saying the word church, <laughs> I have a very simple definition in my mind's eye of what a church is and what a church isn't. Now, I want to read the manifesto. There's a lot of suspicion about the killer's motive. I want to see for myself what the killer said. I want to know what's going on in that sick and twisted excuse for a mind. Part of me hopes the manifesto is released, but the school in question has concerns, and I can't dismiss them out of hand, because could this manifesto be used as a blueprint for Nashville Part 2? Could this reveal information that would be bad for the students and the staff? First of all, I don't know what that could be. Second of all, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the big thing here is that are you going to make a change at the Covenant School? Are you going to get out there and say, hey, we are going to, uh, we're going to protect the students? If you're not going to do that, then I don't even know what we're talking about. But anyway. Basically, the premise is that the more we cover these kinds of things, the more they happen. It's similar to when we see a rash of suicides anywhere. This is and 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 you know it with, with minds that are weakened by mental health issues. I can see where this might be a thing. I do get it. However. <laughs> First one happens in the coverage and the discussion plants the idea in other minds and you see more and more and more and more. And, uh, but I mean, that, that rabbit is out of the hat, I'm afraid. That, that genie has flown the coop, which, whichever messed up cliche I'm going to throw you. And there's also a good chance that social contagion accounts for much of what we've seen over the last few years. I mean, it, for these that are out there, everybody looks at social media and thinks, this is my voice. Well, it is an outlet for your voice, but it is not your voice. You are your voice. Quite simply, I, I know uh, for, for some people, they, they, they absolutely love the social media, but I don't know. Now, releasing the manifesto would increase the coverage of, of Nashville, thus potentially leading to still more mass shootings elsewhere, I guess. And even if Nashville never sees another, that could be actual ramifications for releasing the manifesto that will cost lives. Okay. I'll play this stupid game with you, but is there a middle ground? Now, ignoring the whole social, can stay social contagion thing, which we don't know if is, a, is it an issue or not. Could a redacted manifesto be released to the public? Remove anything related to security or any mention of specific people related to the school. And release the rest so as to alleviate security and privacy concerns, but still share the motivations of this demented killer. Then we all get something out of this. Now, I don't know what the answer is here. I say release the manifesto. I say that if there are holes in the security at the Covenant School, that they should be addressed now. But we'll see. We will see. As for the rest of it, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know how. 
the problem with the way it, this all comes down to the way they cover these things, really. And and that's where there's a, a big issue, a big disconnect. When it comes, it comes and it shows up and it, it, it is something else altogether that I don't even know how to, to fathom it. But the more I think about it, though, this is the thing. With the copycats, the more I think about it, how often do we actually see a copycat? Now, right now, everybody's telling the media is out there saying the AR-15 is the weapon of choice. Now, that is in, that is influential for these guys, for these weak minds. We're going to see. We need to see the manifesto. That's something that I absolutely believe. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour. This is Gun Owners News Hour. We've got somebody out there, and, and I mean, I'm going to read this to you uh, verbatim. See, self-defense is under attack, and uh, somebody doesn't like what's happened at New York. So let me just get to this. Q, this is verbatim. This is their words, not mine. Q, the newest hero on the MAGA celebrity circuit. Daniel Penny, the former Marine whose golden ticket to infamy was allegedly choking to death 30-year-old Jordan Neely, a black homeless man with mental health issues on a New York subway. Penny's been charged with second-degree manslaughter. He happens to be white and is using self-defense as the excuse for his actions. Does this sound familiar? Who can forget Kyle Rittenhouse, the AR-15-toting 17-year-old who successfully claimed self-defense when he traveled out of state and killed two men, severely wounding another during a violent evening of protest in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Since then, Babyface Rittenhouse has been a frequent guest on Fox News and a repeat visitor to the MAGA King's Lair in Mar-a-Lago. His very first interview after the shootings was with the now-unemployed Tucker Will Work for Lies Carlson. At the time, Republican lawmakers rushed to the team's defense, including Matt Gates, Paul Gozer, and the forgettable former North Carolina rep, Madison Cawthorn. Give Sango, a Christian fundraising site, the place where help and hope go hand in hand, was instrumental in hauling in a half million dollars from donors to aid in Rittenhouse's defense. And here was the pitch. Kyle Rittenhouse just defended himself from a brutal attack by multiple members of the far less group Antifa. The experience was undoubtedly a brutal one, as he was forced to take two lives to defend his own. Let's give back to someone who bravely tried to defend his community. Rittenhouse was acquitted of the charges against him, but is now being sued by John Huber, the father of Anthony Huber, who is one of those shot to death by Rittenhouse. Gibbs and Go has already raised $243,000 for that latest defense. So it should come as no surprise that the same online business is now raising funds for Daniel Penny's defense. 
campaign set up by the New York City law firm Riser and Kenneth PC states that Daniel Penny is a 24-year-old college student and decorated Marine veteran facing a criminal investigation stemming from him protecting individuals on a New York subway train from an assailant who later died. Money raised so far, $1.5 million, which is actually closer to two, for more than 20,000 donors. Christopher Ekstrom donated $500. Stated, Marines like Mr. Penny made America great. Thanks for being a man. I'm sorry our sick society is punishing you. An anonymous donor who contributed 1001 to the cause said Daniel Penny is an American hero. He had the bravery to stand up and do the right thing. No tears for the man who died. Republicans, always ready to appeal to the politics of division, have rest to embrace Penny. Florida governor and future presidential candidate Ron DeSantis tweeted, We stand with good Samaritans like Daniel Penny. Let's show this Marine America's got his back. Marjorie Taylor Greene characterized him as a uh, Neely as a violent criminal who should have been behind bars. On the fateful day when Neely and Penny's paths crossed, the uh, violent criminal was shouting that he was hungry and thirsty. He was crying out for help. Help that never came. He did not deserve to die in such a brutal manner. The system failed him. We failed him. Taylor Green, who fancies herself a Christian, apparently forgot this biblical instrument from Matthew twenty-three thirty-five forty. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. Jordan Neely was not a violent criminal or an assailant. He was not a thug. He was a black male. With the increased embrace of stand-your-ground laws and with the full-throated endorsement of the bellowing MAGA mob, violence carried out by white men is mostly forgiven, if not encouraged. Well, first and foremost, uh, in fact, Jordan Neely was a thug. Now, he might not have been a conscious thug. He might have been a thug that was a thug due to the fact that he, uh, I don't know, that he uh, he was mentally ill. But see, here's the thing. Um, in his state where he is at, the public safety is in the purview of government. Government had put him in jail many times and let him out many times. And uh, the fact that he was out running around and was known, you know, because he was a Michael Jackson impersonator. The fact that he was out and he was known to uh, to the people that run the city, you know, Eric Adams at all. Um They did nothing about him. And this is where we find this this horrible thing that is, uh, it's a true thing, but it's a horrible thing. The inevitability of somebody defending themselves against one of these thugs was always there, always going to be there. And what they've done with this, instead of getting out there, and I mean, in this particular case... Neely was a predator who was dealt with. Why he was a predator is immaterial. In the moment of truth, which is the moment when you're face-to-face with the threat, that's all that matters. Now, as a gun carrier, right... I'm always conscious of the Tuller drill, which is the 21-foot rule. This guy was right up on Mr. Penny, 
before Mr. Penny decided to get uh, go hands-on with him. And he did. He did not have him in a chokehold. He had his arms around his, you know, he had him in a headlock is what he had. There were other people helping restrain him. And when they let him go, he was still alive and awake. I have not heard what was in his system. Because I'm almost certain there was a lot of drugs in his system. Um, on on another show that I do on Straight Talk at WORD, I was told the other day that, um, and I, I do not look at what happened to George Floyd as a murder. They can say what they want to say about the two autopsies they did on George Floyd. The second autopsy was done primarily to have the outcome that they got out of it. Taking, and you know, Derek Chauvin, that dude, he wasn't exactly an exemplary police officer, but in that particular, on that particular moment, what he was doing was something that was in their manual. And they had done a lot of things to try to calm him down, old George. He was claiming he could not breathe when he was standing up and they hadn't done anything to him already. That has become, you know, uh, I don't remember what is it, what is it, not Freddie Gray, that guy was in Baltimore. What was the name of the kid that was uh, selling single cigarettes in New York and they grabbed him and he said he couldn't breathe and it killed him. That's the new thing. That's, you know, I can't breathe. Hands up. I give up. Don't shoot. That kind of thing. They're all memes now. And by the way, you can't talk when you can't breathe. Just ask anybody that has asthma how that works. When you're having an asthmatic attack, you can't talk. So, I just find it interesting. I I, I believe this is out of the UK. And of course, this is MAGA. Because we can't stand Trump. We gotta we gotta somehow tie this to Trump. The agenda goes forward. In the meantime, you know, this was this was a self defense case. I don't know what's gonna happen in New York because they shouldn't even have him in there. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um <clears throat> he has a well funded defense fund, no doubt about that. So we'll see how things go for Mr. Penny. And in the in the meantime, you just need to understand that there's a lot of people out there that don't like Donald Trump. And no matter what you do, whether you voted for him or not, if you're a Republican or if you even if you just defend yourself, you're MAGA, which I don't mind being MAGA. I just find it interesting. That's the new label. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour. Hour. Now, one thing about Democrats, one thing that is always constant, always constant, um, 
They're always trying to take something from you. Some right, some possession. They're always trying to restrict something. They will fight tooth and nail to keep you from indulging in your God-given right. Rights, as a free American, for that matter. And, uh, you know, former President Barack Obama suggested that the U.S. follow in Australia's footsteps, which is not nearly as good as he thinks it is, because, uh, you know, I know I know where they walk, uh, when combating mass shootings by banning America's right to own firearms. He said, you know, in Australia, they had one mass shooting 50 years ago, which was not, that's not true either. That was 1996. And they said, no, we're not doing this anymore. He was on TV, you see. That is normally how you would expect society to respond when your children are at risk. We are unique among advanced developed nations in tolerating, on a routine basis, gun violence in the form of shootings, mass shootings, and suicides. All societies, quote, tolerate suicide because it's really, it, it's really hard to stop somebody from killing themselves, short of putting them in a room with nothing. Now, defending his stance on gun control, he did refuse to mention that gun ownership is a constitutional right, as stated in the Second Amendment. Instead, he claimed that gun rights have become an ideological and partisan issue. He also claimed that gun ownership has become part of a culture war, crediting it to the U.S. having a divided media, which they don't. It's very, fairly well, uh, you know, fairly well uh, united when it comes to going after American rights on a regular basis. <laughs> At least seems so to me. Australian residents virtually had no legal right to own final arm, according to the Australian Parliament website. And first, and in contrast to the position in the United States, there's no legal right to gun ownership. Owning and using a firearm is limited in Australia to people with a genuine reason, and self-protection does not constitute a genuine reason to possess or own or use a firearm. The highly restricted laws regarding firearms require individuals seeking to own one must first obtain a firearm license and provide a reason for possessing a gun. So earlier this month, President Joe Biden called for stricter gun laws following a deadly shooting at the Allen Premium Outlet Mall in Dallas. He blamed Republicans for protecting Americans' right to own firearms and not doing enough to ban them. And he also touted that his administration has expanded highly controversial red flag laws, praising several Democrat-led states that have already banned assault weapons. Well, first of all, those bans aren't going to stand. And uh, they have not expanded anything on the red flag laws. Everybody that wanted a red flag law already had one. And the states that don't want one, they're not going to be bribed, or at least they haven't been so far. Segwaying, we're going to Tennessee on May 16th, 2023, WTN 99.7 FM's Brian Wilson delved into the revelations from a secretly recorded training session held by some gun control advocates in preparation for the upcoming special session in Tennessee. The special session called by Governor Bill Lee aims to pass more red flag laws and gun control measures within the state. Now, Wilson reviewed the snippets from the approximately two-hour training session, which said light on the tactics and strategies employed 
by those freedom-hating advocates and their affiliation with Planned Parenthood. During the training, one notable aspect that emerged was a discussion surrounding the presence of armed anti-gun activists among the advocates' ranks. (laughs) And the trainers revealed they had established groups in Nashville composed of individuals whom they trust. It revealed that these individuals are not only trained, but also armed, serving as a security force for the gun banners during the protests and other events. And the irony of anti-gun activists relying on armed supporters for their protection raises a significant question about their underlying motive. Or at least it does to me. Beyond the matter of armed security, the training session also focused on a tactic called bird-dogging. This technique involves harassing legislators and potentially anyone who supports the Second Amendment, following them relentlessly to extract damaging sound bites or statements. They consider this a tactic and a means of holding lawmakers accountable, but patriots, though, it can easily veer into harassment and intimidation. Then we have some Planned Parenthood activists involved in this, and that adds another sick twist. Planned Parenthood... Predominantly, they're associated with promoting abortions of live babies, now seems to have a vested interest in the gun control debate, which I find interesting. We could speculate about the connection between reproductive rights and gun control as both promote death. The relationship raises questions about the motivations behind their participation in the training session. A significant concern arising from these revelations is the potential chaos that could ensue during this special session. Governor Lee's call for gun control legislation has literally attracted, clearly attracted a diverse range of sycophants, some of whom seem prepared to disrupt proceedings and engage in acts that may be characterized as domestic terrorism. They speculate that they discussed a few things here, like uh, anything from legitimate protesting to potential acts of violence. Now, this analysis of this training session highlights the need for thorough investigation and scrutiny. Key details remain unknown, such as the specific weaponry carried by the armed individuals, the extent of their training, and any potential affiliations with groups like Antifa. Now, I have no problem at all with a legally armed law-abiding citizen. But Brian Wilson, to his credit, raises the questions about the legality of this group's firearms and the trustworthiness of these individuals, including their backgrounds and their credibility in ensuring public safety. We saw in Texas a bunch of armed Antifa. And one of them, two of them walked up to a group to harass them, and one of them came in, a third one came in the middle and started pepper spraying them. And he was armed with a, he was armed with a gun as well, and a few of them were armed with guns. And uh, armed with ARs, in fact. And uh, when they arrested, when they were arresting the pepper sprayer, they were like, you go for your gun, you're going to die. As this special session approaches, it is crucial for the state legislature to be made aware of this. They should know about this development. Adequate security measures should be implemented to ensure the safety of all participants. Now, do not skimp on this. The other thing to definitely take into consideration is if you're going to have armed anti-gun activists in the crowd... 
you have a real chance of a provocateur causing some sort of a false flag event looking to lay blame on lawful gun owners. I would really like to know the true intention of these gun control advocates because while they're out there wanting tighter gun controls, they're coming there armed to the discussion, if you will, to the debate, if you will. That's a little worrying in the long run. It's worrying to me. I wouldn't want to be on the, uh, you know, on the pro-gun side, if, if, if there's some armed people there, I guess it would be sort of evened out. Then it really just depends on training if things get really bad. This has been coming for a while. I, I saw a, uh, what was it? It was a drag event somewhere where Antifa showed up all ninjaed up in their black block and carrying ARs to defend the drag dancers while they were in the library dancing for children. They were defending that. Okay, now we know what you're for. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You think this is one of these things that needs defense? You, you're here to stop the fascists. While these, uh, while these men dressed as women pretend like they're pulling babies out of a non-existent birth canal. Gotcha. We're going to see where the special session goes. When is this again? I think it was May what? We'll see. And thanks. Thanks very much for that radio guy finding that thing and putting it out there. That's that's the power of radio. Radio finds things and disseminates it. You stay awake. Stay aware. Carry your concealed carry firearm everywhere you go. This has been Gun Owners News Hour. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.